I'm Claire Sylvadian from Explore Reading, and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 7 of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday the 1st of March, and our guest this week is Claire Slobodian from the website Explore Reading. If you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. We're on Instagram, and if you're able, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, or any other podcast app that you fancy, because we like that. Um, as well as the interview with Claire, we have all the usual features, including what we've liked this week, and Fort explains it all. Um, hey guys, how are we doing? Cold. It's very cold, isn't it? And as we speak, it is sleeting? What would we call it? I think it's Can't snowing. see out the window. It's, um, yeah, we've got the blind closed, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not wet. It's very powdery snow, isn't it? It was blowing along this morning like a dust, I thought. It's a bit amazing. like when you see pictures from Iceland or... Like, yeah. You wouldn't be surprised if you saw David Attenborough filming in Reading Town. So no, and penguins jumping off the side of the curb. Yeah, I think that would be quite surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's been quite a day, hasn't it, in the office? We're Obviously, as most of you who are regular listeners will know, we tend to record this on a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, it's just been quite a week this week, and the snow today means we're now trying to record this desperately at 1742, uh, as opposed to when we would normally do it. And... Uh, the snow is every journalist's dream, really, isn't it, Hugh? It certainly keeps us busy. Uh, I've just made an incredibly long list of all schools which are closed tomorrow, which is uh, a very painstaking task, shall we say. And uh, But there's so much happening with the snow. There's, there's all the nice side of it, um, which is the pictures of people making snowmen and um, families out and kids getting all excited because they've got the day off school and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But also uh, there's, always, there's the traffic nightmare as well, which it causes, and... Uh, um, there's been a very serious crash today uh, on the A34 um, and a lot of, um, sort of smaller incidents around as well and no one can expect to get home quickly no, at least of all us am I still giving you a lift? if you would that would be very kind <laughs> most I like standing most stop in a blizzard I'd rather not today. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come to Hugh going home in, uh, in, a, in a little while but um, Jenny I just wanted to um, ask you about something you said last week you said a couple of weeks ago you said to me did you make the podcast go a bit faster <laughs> And uh, I said, no, I don't think so. I think it was at normal speed. And um, I came in very concerned. And I told us all before last week's podcast, guys, we really need to slow down. We are talking way too quickly. And then I was listening to another podcast and I was like, this doesn't sound right. And I had a look on my phone and I'd managed to press a button that made it go double time. So it, it was like... We were on some kind of drug that made us speak really quickly. Um, we all sounded like chipmunks. It was, yeah. Was I've, it more interesting? It, was, it certainly went quicker. It, was, it, it, did, it did fly by. Um, but some of your, your uh, thought explains it all. Clarissa explains it all. Theme music was, uh, was very interesting and times two speed. Excellent. So, so I was a bit concerned that we were all, um, we were all talking far too quickly. <laughs> I did notice that the last, last week's figures for the podcast were one of the highest we've had so far. And I wondered if it was anything to do with everybody listening to it at double time. 
Do you think if they listen to it a double time, they we get double the number of listens? You would kind of hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, the other thing I just I noticed when I was just we went out for lunch, you and I, um, nowhere special at all. Um, the armour, despite our plea last week about uh, dressing up for the opening of Reading Abbey, the armour is still at A two supplies, and this is very disappointing to me. I mean, I'm glad it's still there, well, but it's still there. It's because, Tom, people don't need to buy their own costume. The council's going to supply the costume. No. You weren't listening. No, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the features, though, uh, some feedback. Just the one little bit of feedback this week. Uh, someone called at Mubashir on Twitter uh, wrote very nicely, um, discovering some brilliant hyper-local stuff on social media lately, a useful local resident group on Facebook, great Twitter accounts covering the town from food to local education issues, and a fantastic podcast in at Real Reading Pod. What does he want? I know. I, I can't believe you set up a fake account. So, uh, <laughs> well, you've, you've got to try and get the, get the, get the news circulating and, and get the likes. You've got to try these things. <laughs> That's how they do it. Thank you very much for that comment. That's lovely. It's great. That is excellent, isn't it? Um, not you know, not that we're doing this for praise, but you know, it's nice. It's mainly just to get out of the newsroom for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, do it? do something different for for forty five minutes. Listen to the sound of my, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but, something we know that Hugh is a massive fan. Of. Uh, yes, but we also know that you don't listen to the podcast, <gasps> so you don't listen to your own voice. Ironically, yes, I <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> okay, I've said that every week for the last uh, seven weeks. Um, okay, uh, on to what we've liked this week. So this is the bit where we talk about things that we liked across the town this week. Uh, and I was going to haul Hugh up over uh, what he said earlier in the podcast about um, after, after being after a lift home because I've actually got these mixed up on my script. So um, Jenny, did you want to go first? Yes. Well, I have enjoyed, uh, despite, well, many people wouldn't enjoy this, but I have really enjoyed it. I've just really enjoyed walking to work in either the freezing cold or the snow this week. It's I, I love just bundling up in a big thick jacket with a coat, like scarf and hat and gloves, just just getting a, getting a move on. I really like it. It's uh, I don't know. It's it takes me back to a time of my childhood, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but it just feels it just feels so magical when it's cold and you're all bundled up, nice and warm, and you're just outside with all the fresh air. I suppose it's not as cold as it is right now. Very often, it's cold, obviously, but it's this is extra cold it's Siberian as all the yes. headlines keep telling us yes I know what you mean I, I envisage those those winter days when there's snow on the ground and it's sunny and it's sort of crisp yeah unfortunately in this particular period um, there's been this icy wind blowing <laughs> usually into my face yeah. the entire the entire time so the wind chill factor of this particular um, uh, weather we've been having has been really really made it really when I was standing at the um, bus stop after the council meeting last night and <laughs> it was minus five and the wind was making it about my, probably about at least minus ten and it was pretty miserable to be honest that bus could not have come <laughs> <laughs> quick enough and then the bus for some reason didn't have the heating on as well so oh it was God. about minus four on the top deck of the bus as well so did you sit on the top deck? I was sit on the top deck you are usually, so cool usually at the back <laughs> and as you say was this a Reading bus? 
Of course, it was a rave. It was twenty. It was twenty-six. Twenty-six. I uh, I stayed at a friend's house on in Bristol on Tuesday night. My my friend uh, Kino, and uh, unfortunately, we'd been to the pub for a couple of drinks, came home, and the heating wasn't working. So unfortunately, I'd taken my hot water bottle with me. So uh, I was all right, but. You're like my husband, he takes his slippers with him everywhere he well, the, goes. The trouble is his house is cold anyway. And then without, so I knew it was going to be cold. I didn't know it was going to be as cold as that. So, oh, it was freezing. So, so cold. I did find a, a, a way to warm up last night. And I, I was, I, I should have put this down as my thing that I've liked this week. Because I had a fantastic meal last night at Namaste Kitchen. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. No, I don't know where it's, it is. Um, it's at the Hook and Tackle. In oh, okay, Bay. yes. So just cross over the idea yeah. from... From uh, Bridge Street, and um, there's a kind of like an underpass actually that goes underneath the IDR, and there's a there's a bloke in there called Kamal, who, oh my goodness, he he was so lovely. The service he gave us was absolutely fantastic. He knew that we were we were new customers. We'd not been there before, and he recommended what food we should eat. He um, asked how hungry we were, how spicy we liked things. He suggested not over-ordering because he didn't want us to kind of end up wasting food and then never going back because we kind of ordered too much and stuffed ourselves. Um, but it was really nice, kind of Nepalese Nawari food. Um, had boneless chilli chili chicken, which was just delicious. I think the best kind of spicy chicken curry I've had. Not, not in a sauce, it was kind of like a dry chicken curry. Um, with this lovely pancake called a barra, barra pancake, which had mutton and egg in it. Um, and we had dumplings, which are called momo. Um, and what was the last thing we had? Oh, some spicy potatoes, I think, the Peru Alu. Oh, if you haven't been to Namaste Kitchen at the Hook and Tackle, try it. It's, you know, it's, like, it's a little pub, um, but the food there is absolutely amazing. And I, it definitely warmed us up. I am desperate to go here. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not... I wasn't aware of it no. at all, but now. I wonder if there's any way we can record the next podcast from there while eating. <laughs> while eating. How would that go down? <laughs> um, Hugh, what have you got for me? Yours is food related as well. It not is. A, it's not about walking to work, unfortunately. It's not about walking to work. No, I, I live too far away from work to walk, sadly. Um, Cheese Fest is coming to Reading, but we don't know when. Okay. Um, or where? Which or where? Cheese, isn't there a couple of Cheese Fests? <laughs> there are a couple of Cheese Fests. And I don't know which one this is. <laughs> so um, your one is the one that's not related to blue collar. Right, okay. My one is the one not related to blue collar. I should say blue collar will be on the podcast next week. We are meeting on Monday. Excellent. Um, but yes, there, so there are two cheese festivals coming through Reading later this year, which is incredibly exciting because everybody loves cheese. Who doesn't love cheese? Who doesn't love cheese? And uh to, to go to an event solely dedicated to cheese, what can go wrong? Unless the weather's like this. Well, you know, I can't, can't really see myself browsing the Stilton in minus nine temperatures. But, uh, but uh, it, it, it sounds like a great, a great event to have. And we've got loads of these, um, these food festivals throughout the year. And they're all generally really, really good. But this is uh, one that particularly piqued my interest. And... I look forward to the date being set for it. And what, what is your favourite cheese? What is my favourite cheese? I couldn't actually answer this Ooh, question. That's a tough one. I like a raclette. Okay, nice. I don't know whether the raclette is actually a type of cheese or just the thing that you put the cheese under. I think it might be the thing you put the cheese under. Yeah, a raclette. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, heating up a bit of sausage on top and then pouring oh. some melted cheese over. Oh. Sounds pretty good. I, I, I do like a, a good camembert. Yes. Oh, particularly yes. one. My top tip is not to put it in the fridge because um, so it goes Room really ripe and stinky. Um, <laughs> but I have never encountered a cheese I didn't like. Really. No, I don't think I have either. Perhaps Dairy Lee. But worst case scenario, you've yeah. only got Dairy Lee. It's, yeah. That's it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's still a quote-unquote cheese. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really nice um, kind of nutty, I can't remember what it's called, but it's from the, the, the cheese shop in Pangborn. And it's it's a really lovely kind of nutty, sweet cheese. Had that on Christmas Day. Oh, it was very nice. Oh, we could get them on our list, shouldn't we? I've just written that down, Hugh. Yes. Yeah, they're on. They're and going they also on. Have... Didn't you have the cheese from them at your wedding? Uh, no, it wasn't from them, unfortunately. Oh, no, okay. it was from a, another cheese shop. I'll cut that bit out of there. No, I won't be cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenny had two. So I would like to have another very brief one, which isn't anything to do with Reading, but it was a really... Is it to do with cricket? It's to do with sport. Oh, okay, right. It's a very interesting article. I just want to point people in the direction of the article on Wales Online. One of their sports reporters spent six weeks training with the Cardiff Blues rugby team. He seems like a fairly active, fit lad anyway, but his his article on it, um, his six week... Uh, his six weeks of br- brutality with the uh, with the, the the professional rugby team there is really really interesting. I recommend it to anyone who likes sport at all. Um, he completely revamped his diet and um, became a big muscly fellow in in six weeks. And then he said it was he became completely obsessed by it. And it's a really good article. And I can't remember his name from the life. I've got it. I've got the name of the guy right here. It's uh, Matthew Southcombe. Matthew Southcombe. Yes, he's a. Uh, it's a really, really good long read piece yes. for anyone who's interested in sport or fitness. And I'm interested in sport, but not fitness. Which is why you play cricket. Yes. Um, mine this week. Uh, I am absolutely delighted that we have made it to episode seven. Why is seven so momentous? I wondered if you would ask me that. Um, it's not like we've scripted it. Um <laughs> So we've had one piece of negative feedback on our podcast from uh, someone who I I will not give airtime to, I think, Uh, but they suggested that we would not make it past episode six. So here we are, episode seven. Count them and weep. Yes, I said something much worse upstairs, but I won't repeat that. Yes, this uh, particular person is a... uh... It's a it's a fake internet. It's a fake yes. Facebook account who seems to be set up for the entire reason to criticise local local news sources and Reading Borough Council. Um, I don't know why anyone would do that, but they, <laughs> they, do. they do. We've all we've all been targeted by this person, and um, we're on number seven. You said it wouldn't last till six, so there we go. There we go. We can all what give can, up now. What can yeah. we say? Yeah, oh yeah. This is the last podcast. <laughs> by the way, we're done, and we we're brave enough to use our own names as well. So. Ooh, sass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Tom who had a, a, a case of the sass attack. Yeah, he's today. been pretty rude about me, this guy. So he's, I think it's the cold weather. He's oh, just... absolutely. I just, I'm, I just, something unique's going on outside. Doesn't snow. It hasn't snowed for ages properly like this. Uh, it's just great. I love it. Um, okay, thanks, guys. Uh, now it's time for Thought Explains It All. This week we're going to talk about um, another cost-saving measure by Reading Borough Council and it is going to be about reducing library opening hours again. Um, they had to do this 
uh, a couple of years ago and now they're going to have to do it again. They're looking to save £217,000 from their budget. Um, we all know about their, their issues with money, £58 million in 2010 down to £2 million pounds this year. Down that's, to from nothing. that's from the government. From the government, yeah. Um, there are numerous schemes in place for them for the council to try and earn more money and make more money um, but also it's got to make these savings so there's a consultation going on which I'd urge any uh, library user to take part in um, there are six libraries looking at um, reducing their hours um, this was discussed at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and one of the points raised was that Palmer Park Library in East Reading um, one of the proposed measures is to shut it on, on Saturdays and Rob White who's a councillor who's a Green Party councillor quite reasonably said if you shut the library on Saturdays that rules out anyone who goes to work and a lot of people who go to school um, and the opposition councillors from the Lib Dems and the Green Party say the libraries will eventually suffer death by a thousand cuts that's the term they keep, keep using in that they'll just keep on getting reduced and reduced and reduced and then they will close Labour obviously say that's not going to happen um, and they talk about how they're very pleased to be keeping libraries open at all. I think West Berkshire Council has closed a lot of libraries there. Um, so for Reading to not close any so far, um, I think is pretty good. But it's just, it's one of those really kind of sad things that the councils are having to do now. We all remember going to the library when we were little and... Um, with our parents and getting the books um, for the week and then our parents forgetting about we our library books and then getting <laughs> fined and us laughing at them. And and libraries offer a whole lot more these days, you know, for very very small children um, and for, for for everyone essentially. There's something for something for everyone, all the libraries around here. So to, to face the possibility of losing that is very sad. I always remember one of my favourite family stories is to do with the library and it's my brother who gained a reputation within the Fort household for bringing home incredibly boring library books from school. <laughs> and one, one day he came up, and my mother said, Edward, what's your library book this week? And he produced this glorious, the glorious public, publication called Goats from Other Countries. <laughs> so Ed, not interested in goats from this country, felt he needed to study goats of the world. And so there was an enjoyable evening laughing at Ed for picking the world's most boring library book um, I obviously apologise to the author of Ghosts from Other Countries um, I haven't had any books any books published in my life so uh, you've done one better than me but um, this is awkward because David's on next week is he <laughs> David O'Goat um, so yeah so you know libraries uh, they're a real community thing um, to, to lose all that is really really sad so I as I say I urge everyone to take part in the consultation to try to, you know, these it is likely that all the hours will be cut and who knows what will happen in the future. It's a use it or lose it situation again. Yeah. Um, so make sure that the council doesn't have to close libraries because that's what some of the people um, in opposition to the council think will happen. It would be such a shame, wouldn't it? I filled out the consultation. <clears throat> I was filling it out one evening last week and I was just thinking, I've only recently started using the library again and already I kind of struggle to drop my books off in time before, mm. I, before I get a fine just because 
if I'm not around on a Saturday, if I perhaps go away for the weekend, there's not really any time I can get to the library because I'm not home. There's there's one evening that my library's open past 7pm and I, and I, and I um, rarely kind of get a chance to go there before 7pm. I just think it would be such a shame if they, if they weren't open anymore, if that valuable resource wasn't there for people who can't afford books or who just... You know, it's, you don't want to buy loads of books all the time. Think about all the trees. <laughs> yeah, so you, you're right because so I, I was sort of thinking that I've not been to the library probably since I was a kid, and and that's fine. I have books, I buy books, and I have a Kindle. But who? What about what about the people that, as you say, can't mm. afford to buy books all the time or use the library as their only form of uh, of, of of kind of getting literature? And it, it's just it's another cut on. On people who haven't quite yeah. aren't quite as fortunate as as others, and it it seems uh, incredibly unfortunate and sad. And like, where does it stop? I think there are two things that need to happen, and that is that anyone who reads, anyone who loves reading, needs to get themselves a library card, get signed up, and start using your local library. And then the council will see that it's not just kind of parents and their children going along during the daytime that want to use the library but actually there are people that work nine to five Monday to Friday that can't get to the library unless it's open on a Saturday or late in the evening like open an hour for three open the library for three hours a day that's fine but just one day a week make it between 5 p.m and 8 p.m yeah I'm sure you could have all sorts of things going on of an evening I mean it does it does beg the question are there, are there volunteers in some of these libraries I assume there probably are is there I don't think I don't know whether they are there perhaps are volunteers I know that mm. they do hire library staff they're not run solely by volunteers I think that there's, there will be a drive to get more volunteers yeah. involved in mm. um, in running libraries and I think it's the sort of thing that people will volunteer for um I know when my dad lives in Sonic Common, there was a proposal to close the library there, and I, I think, I think they thought fought it off. Um, this is South South this is Oxfordshire um, County Council, and I think they thought fought it off. But I think a lot of people in the village have subsequently got involved in that in mm. helping out, and I, you know, if, if you do have a bit of spare time, I would I would advocate advocate that as well because you know there's so there's so little money around but it's such a shame to lose these things as well yeah and so you know unfortunately people will you know maybe have to give up a bit of their time to to help out um to keep it it's incredibly sad that we've got to a stage where to run these things which are really really important to to lots of people that we have to rely on volunteers to to keep these things going it's incredibly sad i think that we've got to this stage i know we're not saying that there's going to be volunteers running these things specifically but yeah. that feels like a stage that is coming and it's it's doesn't it's not right it, it is yeah it it is sad and it's you know the the, the labor council i don't don't want to get political about it but they they're sick of it um I was, I was there last night and they were doing the budget last night and the, the kind of exasperation in the voices of the of the councillors when you know we've done our budget this year so we're going to have to start in it like next week doing the same thing again looking again what we can get rid of and then what we can do you know that and they get no indication I think the, the most frustrating thing one of the most frustrating things for them is they get no indication from government what's going to happen in the future yeah. so the government's telling them to prepare, prepare budgets but not saying to them 
what what the what, what the government's going to do. So it, it's not easy for these people. I know they take a lot of flack, and but you, you, if you sit through the meetings, you can see they they want to do more, but they just didn't the money to do that. The money, yeah. money has to be directed into the most mm. important areas of frontline, which is entirely sensible. <clears throat> but but you you would want to hope that they they're able to keep things like libraries and swimming pools and you know all the stuff that, that people use that isn't um, and you know the absolute essentials it'd be nice if we could have a week on our podcast I know it's only week seven but where we weren't talking about something being cut yeah it tends to be a big theme of yes um, <laughs> of what we of what we're doing um, there are there is a big spending plan you know they, they are mm. they are investing in things um, but they will take time to come to fruition it's um yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I'm really, really curious about these plans for two, the two new swimming pools. If we, if we can see some big movement on those, that would really buoy. Um, excuse the pun. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that would really make a splash in the community. <laughs> uh, and there's the Reading Abbey restoration as well. Of course, you know, yeah. we are spending money, and museums are still open. So yes, there's lots is. to be positive about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, Hugh. Um, Really interesting. Would love to hear some feedback from people on what they think about um, the libraries. Do they use the libraries? Um, do you think they're worth what's put into them? Um, and do you think more should be done to, to keep them open to extend the hours? Um, please come back to us on Twitter or uh, Facebook, or you can email us as well. If you jump on the uh, Get Reading website, you'll see contact details down the bottom. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so now we've got a pre-recorded interview with Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading. Uh, roll the tape. I'm Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Delighted to say that Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading has come to join me this afternoon. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the website and you know what it means to Claire and what it means to the town. So, hey Claire, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. It's uh, it's been a bit of a bit of a busy week this week, what with all the snow and everything. It's been a very snowy week, yes, but I managed to make it in through the snow. <laughs> I'm really pleased you managed to, to get across to come and see us. It saved, certainly saved me trekking out in the cold, <laughs> so I, I do appreciate that. Um, we want to talk about Explore Reading. Um, so. Uh, talk me through it. What is Explore Reading? Um, what is the purpose of the website and what inspired you to, to start? Uh, so Explore Reading is um, a website, as you say, it's an independent guide to the best of Reading. And the tagline that I set up for the website is so that no one can say there's nothing to do in Reading again. I thought that was marvellous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm from Reading originally um, and then um, I trained as a journalist and I went to work away for time at Shanghai. And then I came back a couple of years ago and uh, was looking for things to do in the town and found it quite difficult to find um, events and things to do. And uh, I found Alt Reading and I wrote for them for a little bit and then that um, sadly died and then I sort of had an idea from, um, you know, having worked at Time Out in the past, I knew sort of how to run a website like that and I thought it could be a really good thing for Reading to get people uh, knowing what there was to do in Reading. Uh, when I started researching I found so many great things out there to do. Um, you know, we've got a really great art scene, really great 
food and independent restaurants um, and I just wanted to share that with the town and also I was a bit fed up with people, friends that I'd known um, from here before or people just around and people online saying, oh, Reading's boring, there is nothing to do here, when I knew that wasn't true yeah. and I just wanted to showcase it. As, as opposed to all the other great <laughs> towns around Reading that exactly. have so much more going on, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Reading's a great town and I wanted to shout about it. I think that's absolutely fair enough. So how much time does running the website take up? Um, is it just you doing it? At the start, it was just me. So um, I set up uh, in July um, and it was just me. I had um, an idea. I got together about um, six to ten articles which covered um, some food and drink. I did a piece on food markets, um, what to do um, in July, some events pieces, um, got all those together. Um, I had a friend um, who I really trusted who looked through everything and like, proofread everything for me. And then I launched. And so for a couple of months, it was just me and I was doing about one to two pieces of content a week um, alongside my day job. So in the evenings and weekends. And now I do have um, some more people that write as well as I have um, some columnists, James, who does pub reviews for me. He does some really good pub reviews. And Tyler, who does uh, some gig content, which um, he's really passionate about the the local reading band scene. um, And he does uh, some really good band content for me. And Maybe in the future, hopefully, might have um, a few more columnists and contributors as well. Um, but it's mainly just me um, who sort of edits and oversees yeah. everything. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, a very small team. <laughs> what's, uh, what's been the most popular restaurant so far? Most popular restaurant. So I've only done uh, three restaurant reviews so far. Okay. Um, but the most popular um, would have to be Honest Burgers, I think, for the okay. Honest Burgers review. Yes. Uh, I did that review in conjunction with Edible Reading. We both published at the same time. And we had slightly different um, opinions. Not very different. But we, uh, yeah, it was a really exciting opening, I think, and a lot of buzz around the opening of Honest Burgers. So it was a popular review on the site. Fantastic. I, I once wrote a review of TGI Fridays on the Oracle when it first opened. Oh. And it, um, I was quite positive about it, actually. It was, it, was, it was enjoyable. And it turned out to be one of our most successful uh, food reviews of the year. Which, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Everyone loves the TGIs. I, I suppose restaurant that loads of people go to proves to be quite popular was kind of <laughs> yeah, the formula really. there, really. Yeah. I, I didn't do a McDonald's one. so um, Although, you know, you probably could. What about bands? Uh, what, what, who's proved the most popular band who's proved the one that everyone's talking about at the moment oh well we've actually got um, a um, piece up at the moment on um, a local band called Mella which is a really great interview that um, I think uh, everyone should go and read and we've also got our gigs uh, for March article coming out soon and at the end of March there is um, the anniversary of Club Velocity Club Velocity, which is a punkin' attitude gig night that's at the Rising Sun Arts Centre. But they've been on the Reading scene for a really long time, and I think uh, you know it'll be a really great night. And apparently, there's free birthday cake as well. So oh wow, free cake! Great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think we should all put that in the diary. Do you know what date was that? Do you know? I think it's the 30th of March. Okay, we'll have to check that. We'll have to check your answer. <laughs> uh, so. Reading has a really good independent blog scene, I think. Just from just from looking around, there's a few independent blogs. Obviously, you've got Get Reading slash In Your Area as well, which does a bit more sort of uh, general stuff, I suppose. But do you all get on? Do you meet up? Do you have tea, <laughs> coffee, free cake? <laughs> we, we do all get on, yes. Um, uh, we don't all meet up. Um, I have met some of them. Um, so we obviously, Edible Reading is doing really great things for food restaurants. There's also Indie Reading now, um, who set up okay. to cover um, independent restaurants, um, sorry, independent shops, and uh, also looks at um, some sort of health and lifestyle content as well. 
and uh, is doing uh, yeah, some really nice things in the independent scene. Alt Reading is actually sort of back, it um, okay. went away a little bit, but one of um, former writers of Alt Reading has stepped up to, to take over, um, so it might be uh, coming back again. And also there's the Whitley Pump, who are doing really great hyper-local things over in Catesgrove. Um, and uh, yeah, and we sort of talk on email and yeah. know each other a little bit. Um, we don't have a, an independent bloggers meetup yet, although that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't have to invite me; it's fine. Um, Adrian mentioned the Whitley Pump on last week's podcast oh, as well. Right, it yes. wasn't one I was familiar with particularly, but it's uh, certainly one I'm going to have a little look at. And there's also Reading on Thames, which I featured is, on yes. the podcast last week. Uh, and they uh, was it the previous week? I can't remember now. But they they did a really good piece on. Um, the footfall and the shopping and, the, and, right, and the, yes. uh, what was what was going on on Broad Street yeah. uh, and the incredible fact that uh, they'd done the pancake race outside one of the footfall centres, which was rather marvellous, a marvellous idea. Yeah, that's great. Um, there's, um, yeah, Reading on Thames I really like because um, he spends a lot of time going through planning applications and finds yeah. the gems yeah. in the planning applications so that you know what's coming to Reading, what's leaving Reading, what's getting bigger. Um, in Reading um, and like put some uh, great amount of time into like, looking at you know all those developing areas in Reading yeah. Um, I think it's yeah that's also a really good blog I feel like I should get it, it's a it's a hymn is it oh I actually don't know oh, okay. that was my <laughs> uh, assumption that was my assumption yes <laughs> it's very difficult to know sometimes but, and I, I may, it might be worth getting them I'd like to get them and Hugh Forbes <laughs> together because oh, Hugh loves a planning of application course. himself yes, he loves a planning application um, he's mentioned it several times on the podcast um, so I, I've had a look through uh, I've got an opinion on what I think my favourite uh, feature on your site is oh, okay. uh, but I just wondered what's your favourite feature on the site oh that is a really good question Oh, it's actually such uh, such a tough one. Um, I mean, they're all good. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go for the best of Reading, which um, I put together um, over December. Yeah. Um, which does what it says on the tin. It's a list of the best things to do um, in Reading. There's 25 things, and I had a panel of. I wanted to get 25, but it ended up being about 23 people yeah. um, from around Reading. So there's a councillor, Sarah Hacker, um, people who work in food and drink around Reading, some of the other local bloggers yeah. um, that you mentioned, uh, to pick their favourite things in Reading. And then compiled all the lists to get one really big list of uh, the 25 best things in Reading. And uh, it was a really great, really popular piece, really well received. People um, really liked shone a spotlight on yeah. the best things to do in Reading um, and we uh, got some really good some gems in there as well so some little hidden gems like uh, Jim Record Shop in Harris Arcade it's an acronym for something a bit longer yes the um, yes I've been in the record yes. yeah <laughs> yeah um, uh, which is a really tiny um, record memorabilia shop uh, on there at number 24 and then at number one was South Street Arts Centre yeah. which I think um, is a really great thing for Reading and you know almost almost wasn't with us a couple of years ago and then it yeah. got um, saved by funding and it's great to have it back bringing culture to Reading. Every talking of the the, uh, the music shop every every Christmas I go in there I think oh I'll get my dad a meatloaf LP <laughs> and then I can never find one and I'm too nervous to ask the man because I just think he'll laugh meatloaf. <laughs> They've got so much in there though yeah. all the crates you can yeah. just go digging I'm sure there's a I just, meatloaf I never LP have in there the, I just never have the time. <laughs> um, the bit I really liked was uh, the My Perfect Reading weekend piece. Uh, yes. I really like those. Um, People, uh, Matt Siadatan, who runs yes, the Lido. yes, did he is he to do with the um, restaurant in Caversham as well? Yes, that's right. He used to run. Um, he was part of the team that ran uh, Maya Lacarte. That's in the Caversham. one. Yes, yes. 
and there's uh, there's a couple of other places. Edible Reading's done one. Yeah. Uh, Toby Davis from Reading Between the Lines or Reading Between yeah, the Lines? Yeah, Reading Between the Lines. <laughs> um, uh, yes, who um, obviously the theatre company that put on um, Henry um, Henry the First and Matilda. Mm. And uh, yeah, I like that piece as well because um, it's, uh, you know, the people of Reading and what they love the most about um, the town. And everyone has something different. Um, and, you know, like the little things that they really love about their areas and what um, why the town means so much to them. Um, and it's a really nice way to to bring in the community of yeah. Reading, I think. So just on that sort of front, where do you think, what do you think Reading's lacking? What does it need, do you think, to, to take another step up? I think it would be really great to promote our arts and culture scene, I think. I actually think we have um, quite a lot happening. There's a lot of um, arts and culture groups around in Reading. We've obviously got Reading Between the Lines, Reading Between the Lines, <laughs> <laughs> neither sure which yes. way to say it. Uh, there's, you know, the Fringe Festival. Um, we've got quite a lot of other um, festivals coming up this year, the, opening, mm. the reopening of the Abbey. And I think we're doing some really good things in Reading. It'd be really great to see that promoted on a wider stage, yeah. maybe, so that people um, don't think that there's nothing to do in Reading and that um, people are aware that Reading is more than just offices and a train station. We it's, have culture here as well. It's strange, isn't it, sometimes? Because like, there's there's obviously a lot of people doing a lot of things. Yeah. But how do those how do they how do they get that information out there? I mean, when you look at Get Reading, we do what's on content, and you'll do content about what's going on at the weekend. But how, how do we get people more and more people interested in that? And I think it's quite a quite a tough question to answer. I'm not sure of the way yet. Yeah, it is quite a tough question to answer, and I'm not sure either. Um, but I think, you know, more the more that seems to be happening, I think, is um, really good news for the town. And I think um, things like with um, the Fringe Festival last year and the Reading on Thames Festival as well, bringing culture into Broad Street or mm. along the Oracle, you know, having everybody see it so it's not, um, you know, you know, in a theatre somewhere that if you didn't know yeah. it was there, you wouldn't find it. I think those are really great positive moves, bringing culture into into the uh, visible into the town centre. And uh, and finally, then, what is your favourite thing about Reading? I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> is, <laughs> this why you were, is this why you were a little bit late coming over? <laughs> it was, yeah. I've been thinking about this for a long time. And it's actually a really tough question um, because putting together the site, I've realised that I love so many things about Reading. So I'm going to be cheeky and ask if I can say my top three. (laughs) Okay, reverse order though, I must insist. Okay, so in that case, uh, number three I'm going to have to say is uh, Shed, Shed Cafe um, and Milk Bar on top of it. I'm going to put them together as one um, because they do amazing sandwiches and I spend quite a few um, of my lunch breaks there putting together some of the work for Explore Reading and eating their amazing top toasty sandwich um, and it's always warming and really friendly um, and I love it there. Number two I'm going to say I love paella who are a great um, started as a really small pop-up um, paella kitchen out of Workhouse Coffee on the Oxford Road I believe um, now have a, a residency at um, Fisherman's Cottage and they're doing really good tapas and paella food um, really great independent Reading restaurant but I had the idea for Explore Reading while I was eating and I love paella, paella, um, <laughs> because I thought it was so good and I wanted to tell people about yeah. it. Um, and the idea just sort of popped into my head. And so it means something uh, to explore Reading and to the town, I think. And my number one thing, I think, is quite a big thing, but I think it's going to have to be history. Again, I think uh, the town has so much history here. We've obviously got the Abbey is reopening. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got a really great museum. We've got um, you know the replica of the Bayer Tapestry here, so we don't need the one brought over from France. No, no. We've already got one here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's Huntley and Palmer's. Um, we've got so much great history, and I think it's um, whenever I have a, have uh, friends come to visit me or people that don't really know Reading, they're always surprised at how much history is here. I think because a lot of people do think of it as you know, um, quite a, a young, modern town, actually. But uh, I love our history, and I'm really excited for that Abbey's, Abbey Ruins to open in the summer. It seems like the museum's going to be doing an awful lot to promote that history, they were saying. When we were speaking to yes. Jess, I think, two episodes ago... Of course, yeah. Um, ...she was saying there are going to be boards going up all around the town. There's going to be um, information going up all around the town, which is going to be great to, to see, and hopefully people will learn a little bit more about some of the history of the town yeah I think so and there's some really great stories I mean when I went to see um, you know Matilda the Empress mm. to learn those stories from um, Anglo-Saxon medieval um, England where Reading played such a part in that history um, it's really great to see those stories and I think it's really exciting that um, that's going to be you know presented around town again this year Claire thanks very much thank you I'm Cassie Bateman from Explore Reading, and you're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. That was Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading, uh, talking about the website uh, and what inspired her to start the website. It was quite an interesting conversation. I, I hope you will agree. Um, I mentioned uh, Jenny Liu in the interview because uh, you've unfortunately not listened to it yet because we recorded it mere minutes before we <laughs> jumped in to do this one. So, um, but we're talking in, in the interview about how there are a number of independent websites in the town now. Obviously, you know we we'll work on on Get Reading slash in your area, um, and and that's obviously that's the thing we do. But isn't it great? that there's such a, a wide range of other people doing things to try and promote the town. I, I, I personally think it's a, it's a great thing and the more the merrier really. It's so nice that people are just so keen to shout from the rooftops how great they think Reading is and how many wonderful things there are to do in it. It's, um, it's really encouraging and Claire's so passionate about yeah. kind of what's going on in Reading. She did a brilliant piece on... Um, kind of restaurant openings that may or may not happen yeah. over the next year and you were talking about a, a piece that she's done that was great as well weren't you? yeah and they she she does a piece i mentioned in the in the in the chat we had they they do a piece on my perfect reading weekend which i, I thought god i wish we could do that but of course That's uh, yes but we, we will be leaving that well <laughs> we alone can't nick it. no but i just thought i thought that was an absolutely fantastic uh, fantastic piece and i just that, it, it was there's a series of things where they ask uh, prominent people in the town what their things the best things they do in Reading so um, you never know maybe we'll get to do one on there that would be maybe, uh, that would be really maybe nice. she'll invite you on for your perfect Reading weekend yes uh, going to Bracknell leaving no 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 That's... not true listeners <laughs> you created the Real Reading podcast we know how much you love it absolutely love it um, so okay uh, if you want to get involved in the show you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod um, you can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast um, we're on Instagram if you want to give us a, 
a like, is it a like or a, uh, a follow? I can't remember. It's a follow, isn't it, on Instagram? They do I follows. I don't know. What you suddenly you turned interest. into a, a middle aged man. <laughs> what do you do on Instagram? <laughs> What's Insta- that Instagram? Instagram. Just what join us Instagram? on Instagram. <laughs> join us on Instagram. You'll find us. Um, if you're able to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast because uh, that's really important. That's where a lot of the. The listenership comes It from. helps other people find the, the podcast, apparently. Yes, it does. Oh, update, reviews. review update. We have a second review. <gasps> I can't for the life of me remember what it said, but it was a five-star review, <laughs> and it wasn't from either of you two. <laughs> was it from my mum? Uh, um, no. I know it wasn't from my mum. No. We actually saw your mum the was other day, didn't we? Was it from your mum? No, it wasn't mine. <laughs> saw your mum. She was in good form, wasn't she? She was, yes. Saint she's Linda, as she's known. Saint Linda, yes. She, uh... Very keen to know how everyone on Reading Borough Council was. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, last week I mentioned we may well have a new feature. Uh, and this week I can unveil that our new feature is the random question, where I will pick a random question from a bag and ask this question to Hugh and Jenny. Now, I must admit, on the first week I have <laughs> slightly rigged it uh, because I have a very specific question that I want to ask both of them. Um, so this week's random question... Just, I've left a gap just in case I decide to put some theme music in. Um, I probably won't this week. Anyway, uh, the random question is, best snow day? Jenny. <laughs> um, my best snow day was when we got a day off school. What school was, at, was this? I was at Little Heath School in Tilehurst. Um, and I was, I think I was in my first year of sixth form, so year 12. It was February 2007 when I think that's kind of like the last really proper snow that Reading has had. And we all got the day off school and I remember walking um, from, I, I live quite close to, well my parents live, I, I lived quite close to Little East School and I remember walking from there to uh, my friend's house in Armour Road and then we all went sledging at Arthur Newby Park and it was the best day ever. Was it the best day of your life? No. Up there. It's up there. Right. Top top three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was it was just really good fun. You know, like, you know, we were all kids and um although we, we didn't think we were kids at the time, you know, we were quite old teenagers and when you've been sixteen just, or seventeen. That's not really a child. Seventeen. Yeah. It was <laughs> it's eleven years ago. Um and yeah, it was it was just brilliant fun. There were so many people from my school all all, all together there and it's just one of those really great days that you remember from from being at school you unfortunately by you just saying that it was about 11 years ago and you were 16 or 17 Hugh and I have just shared a look that suggested we are considerably older than you you, that, you are you're right yes <laughs> this is true yeah. um Hugh best snow day um yes this uh, I'm not sure if it's the this counts as a snow day in the, in that the snow days are days you get off school due to snow. But there certainly was a snowy day. Um, <laughs> oh, don't don't take things literally. This was sledging, and um, it was just outside the Reading area. It's in a place called Stoner, which is just outside Henley. Okay. And my dad said, "I know the best tobogganing hill <laughs> in South Oxfordshire." Has he written a book about the best tobogganing hills? <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the list. A three O three highway to the sun. <laughs> Yes, um, was one of. I would uh, send people to his website, but he refuses to have one. Um, <laughs> anyway, we all drove over there in the snow, and the, the memories. This enormous hill in Stoner, um, hurtling down there, sitting on um, tea trays, and um, 
it was massive and I remember uh, there's various memories one is how fast you go um, and how the only way to stop it is to sort of just sort of fall off <laughs> and then how tiring it is when you lugged your, slide, your, lugged your tray back up to the top again uh, <laughs> after that but also my main memory is my, my uh, sister was on one of these trays and uh, she was going down the slope and she hit a bump or possibly a, maybe like a tree root or something did a full like a back somersault her legs went up in the air and she landed pretty she went round in a circle and landed on her front in fortunately quite thick snow so she uh, wasn't too badly hurt the, the tray went split in two went <laughs> flying off never to be seen again and um, I think that was probably the last time she ever tried ever tried doing anything like that but I've got this vivid memory of her in a massive winter coat flying through the air <laughs> and landing in the snow but it was um it was one of those lovely winter's days where it was sort of sunny. We were talking about earlier on where it was sunny, but cold, but not, not sort of windy. And then you think, oh, I can sledge forever. And then after about 40 minutes, you're completely saturated and absolutely freezing. <laughs> so it's time, it's time to go home for a, for a, to warm up. But um, a very nice childhood memory and a very, uh, very the, almost the perfect place to go sledging. Fantastic. I'm very interested to read your dad's listicle about the best places to toboggan. I don't think he has one. I just think he, in, that, in that style, style that dads have, he's just like, this is the best place without providing any, any, any particular evidence. It was certainly very fast and there was a lot of space. In a, a, a non-snow-filled sledging memory, I've just remembered, um, at the back of Little Heath Park, there's a kind of a woods. It's connected to Sullen Woods. It goes down to Wilder's Folly. Um, you, I don't know if you know the big kind of brick uh, tower down at the bottom of Sun and Woods, sometimes known as the Pigeon Tower. Um, but there's a there's a gully that's uh, just like a very, very steep slope. And we used to go autumn sledging there when all the leaves had fallen and we'd get our, our snow sled out from a out from a garage and just go down on all the fallen leaves. It was that was you've just reminded me of that talking about <laughs> I just remembered actually on our way back from that um from that sledging trip um there was a place called Bix nearby, B-I-X it's right. spelled. And uh, my dad, for some reason, decided that the, he was going to drive up this very steep hill, uh, which hadn't been gritted. It was really, really snowy, and we got stuck. And we had to wait <laughs> for someone with a be- be- much better 4x4 car to come, <laughs> to come and pull us out, and it was all very embarrassing. And as a, I think I must have been about 14 or 15, as a teenage boy, I just thought my dad was the stupidest person. <laughs> you know? But I think we probably went, go on, dad, go on, yeah, do it, dad. <laughs> dad, you idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so far on this show today, you've outed your brother, my your brother, sister, my dad and, and my your sister, father. And we've also mentioned my mother, yeah. Is that, is it's that, a family is affair. That, is that Full House? Yes. Ah, oh, Yes. We'll move on to my stepmom and half-sisters next week. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Come back soon, listeners. And they're teenagers, so I'm going to really go. <laughs> okay, uh, um, we started this one last week, Jenny. Events. What what we what events have we got this week? Yes, I've got two events. They're both quite different. <laughs> um, so the first one for any kind of any vintage clothing fans, um, Lulu's Vintage Fair is going to be at the Great Hall at the University of Reading from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, March the third. Um, is it the real Lulu? No. <laughs> of relight my fire. Of relight my fire face. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's not Lulu from 
from We Like My Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but there's going to be lots of clothes there, kind of going back. Probably 90s is considered vintage now. Um, 90s and much further back. Um, checked shirts, jean oh. shorts. Furs, I imagine. Can gloves, I get a massive bags. pair of jeans and an E17 style baseball cap? If that's what your heart desires, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Um, I think I can pull off. I'm only 36. It's always great. Have a rummage around. There are yeah. um, often like some independent uh, businesses that sell handmade, vintage-looking things rather than actual vintage things. So it's nice to be able to support kind of independent businesses as well. Um, so that's one thing that's going on. The second thing is massively different. Not so much fun, um, no. but I thought I'd I'd um, give it a shout out because it's very important. Um, Reading Lions, the the charity group, yes. do a lot of fundraising um, from eight thirty a.m. to five thirty p.m. on Saturday, March the third, is holding a prostate cancer screening day. Um, they're inviting all men over the age of 45 if they haven't had a prostate cancer check don't worry it's just a blood test Um, nothing nasty going on it'll take about three minutes um, and they um, test for these things called prostate specific antigens I'm very sorry that was an alarm going off on my phone to remind me to do something on my way home (laughs) Um, but they test for something called prostate specific antigens um, and if there's a a heightened number of them in your blood sample, then you're at greater risk of prostate cancer. We did a story a couple of years ago um, with with a chap who went along to one of the Reading Lions screening days and discovered that he had prostate cancer and it saved his life. So um, it's a a fantastic event. not not fun but very important raising awareness of prostate cancer and also detecting prostate cancer in a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise know that they had it so if you are a man over 45 and you haven't had a test recently definitely consider going along to this and these are obviously um, going to maybe be a little bit weather dependent but fingers crossed all of these go ahead yeah they're both inside um, so I guess the, yeah. the main concern would be getting there um, I haven't actually said where the, where the prostate screening is I don't think no, I don't it's think a did. circle hospital um, in Drakeway which is Kennet Island the okay. A33 so you'd think that would be pretty clear to get yeah. up there so it shouldn't be too much of a problem um, okay thank you Jenny um, we will post those out on Twitter and Facebook uh, in the next day or so um, yeah both events are on in your area Um, Okay, thanks guys. Uh, So, uh, just leading to the last bits of admin before we say goodbye, um, and we attempt to do it in unison, Hugh. Um, If you know anyone who you think would be great to interview on the podcast, please do let us know. Um, The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, Next week we have, as I mentioned before, Glenn Dinning from Blue Collar Street Food. Um, that's the Wednesday market uh, and not to be confused with the Friday market which is just as good as we've spoken about before Um, but that's all for now Uh, we'll see you in a week bye Bye. I'm Claire Savadian from Explore Reading and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast